I'm excited to be here with you guys. Thanks for coming out. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been thinking, obviously, through Christmas here, just thinking about gift. Think back about like one of your favorite gifts ever. I, I can remember being a, a kid and being like, I, I remember one time I, I had a bike. I got a bike and this bike had like a, I'm going to date myself, but it had a sissy bar on it, banana seat, had sparkles, red sparkles up through the seat. You know, it had the, the old kind of the ape hangers for the thing. I, it was a huffy. It was a way back huffy. And I could see that thing when I was coming down the hall, was by the tree, and I just freaked out. I lost it. And then one time I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning, um, you know, because, uh, you know, that was when cool things had happened already and presents were out and stuff. And so I got up, and, and under the tree was this uh, G.I. Joe, um, that he had this amphibious um, vehicle of some sort in this big condor thing that would could come down and attack him. And it was the big G.I. Joe. It was the real thing, man. I mean, it was like this big, real hair, not real hair, but, <laughs> but it had hair. And I mean, the Kung Fu grip, I mean, he was bad. It was awesome. Anyway, I got up and played with that thing for an hour and a half or so. Then I went back to bed and acted surprised when I got up. But it was, it was, it was awesome. It's good stuff. So gifts, you know, gifts, we, we, we love gifts. We love giving gifts. We love receiving gifts. For, for some people, if you've done the love language thing, a, a gift is, is part of your love language. It's how you express love and receive love. And so, so gifts are, are amazing. And, and, and a true gift is one that really doesn't have any strings attached to it, right? It's, it's a, the true gift is one that, that doesn't have strings attached, that's just, that's just given freely. Um, and so I'm just thinking in this season of gifts, and I'm going to actually, I'm going to see if I can be short, okay? And I see all you guys are rolling your eyes right now, but I, I'm going to really try to be short here today. I tried to be short last night. I can't do it. I really can't. I tried to be 10 minutes last night. I can't do it. I do my best, but I can't do it. Anyway, but I'm thinking even Isaiah 9-6, Isaiah 9-6, uh, uh, Daryl read from that this morning already, but, but it's that idea, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given as a gift. You know, when we, when we think about this, when we understand this and start to comprehend this idea of salvation that God has, you see, salvation through gift is the only way, it's the only means possible by which salvation stays open to someone for the entirety of their life. You see, if this is somehow works-based, if this was somehow performance-based and dependent on how good you are, you see, it would leave people like the thief on the cross. He'd be out of luck. It would be too late for him. He, he, he would have no recourse. He would have no ability to receive salvation. But he recognized Jesus as a king with a kingdom and asked if he would just remember him even in that kingdom. And Jesus told him, today I tell you the truth. You will be with me in paradise. Why? Because the entrance into salvation through Jesus Christ is simply a gift. And honestly, I'm going to hold that it is a gift. It's a true gift. It's an honest gift. And it's a gift with absolutely no strings attached to it. John 3.16, right? We, we know this, right? Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever. Who is whosoever? It's whosoever. 
right? It's anyone who would, who would just simply receive this gift. It, it's kind of like in God's Christmas tree, we've all got a gift. It, it's done. It's paid for. First John tells us that Jesus died not just for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. That Jesus made possible a way that whosoever would call upon his name could come. It's, it's whosoever would go ahead and just take the gift and open it. It's there. On God's end, he's done everything to make possible that he's given salvation as a gift. And all we can do is just receive that gift. It's the only thing on our end of the deal is that by a volition of your free will, you say yes to this deal. You accept and you believe on this and you receive the gift of salvation through Jesus and the cross. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us this, right? It says that you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not even of your own. It's, so, so the faith that you have isn't, of your, isn't your own. God has given every human being on earth a portion of faith. Romans tells us that God has apportioned faith to everybody. And you see, everybody in the world lives by faith. It's impossible to not live by faith. When the light turns green at the stoplight, you go in faith that the people on the other side are going to go ahead and stay stopped, right? Or stop on the way. It would be impossible to live our lives without faith. If we never uh, trusted or believed in anything, we'd be paralyzed in our own homes. The atheist lives his life by faith. Now, that might sound funny or a contradiction, but if you think about it, the faith that God has given him, he invested into a belief system. Now, that belief system says there is no God, but nonetheless, he has taken the faith that has been given to him as a gift even, and he's invested that faith system into a belief system. And that belief system then begins to dictate the actions of his life. It's, it's how belief works. What you believe, you act on. We first believe, and then we act on what we believe. So we're, we're, we're given this thing. We're, uh, we're saved by grace. Grace, unmerited favor. That means that you don't deserve it, right? The difference between grace and, and mercy is this. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. So if you do something horrible and bad, and you go in front of the judge, and he lets you off, you just got mercy. You deserved it, but you didn't get it. That's mercy. But you see, grace is getting what you don't deserve. It's that even though we don't deserve it, even though there's no one around here that deserves it, we can still have God's favor. Why? Because he's good. Because he's a good God who does this. So we are saved by grace, through faith, this not of your own. It is the gift of God and not by works so that no one may boast. We've talked about the concept of works before a little bit. I mean, how would you ever know? If it was about works, right? Like I've said, I don't know where I sat. Before I trusted Jesus, I just knew I sat somewhere between Adolf Hitler and, and Mother Teresa, right? Like, I don't know where I'm at in this whole scale, but I'm, I'm not there and I'm not there, you know? I'm probably closer over to the bad side than the good side at that point in time, but, but, but how could you ever know? And then how could you go and undo what you've done? How can you go and make right? You're wrong. You can't. It doesn't undo it. It never can. It never will. But you see, God hasn't set the system up like that. The economy, God's economy for salvation is not based in our works. We say by grace through faith, this not of your own. It is the gift of God and not by works so that no one may boast. So have a gift. You simply receive it. You see, it's this gift cascade kind of thing. Anna talks about this a lot. And I love the concept. It's a gift cascade that the Father has given the Son. The Son has given the Spirit. And the Spirit has given gifts. 
And then we are called as God's people. When we're into that relationship, we're, we're brought into that Godhead, then we are also called to be a giving people. That, that really giving is to be a mark of our, of our lives, of, of who we are. It's, it's meant to be a, a reality factor that we're in a relationship with the giving God. Listen to some of these verses, 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. This gift of salvation is so great, we can't even express it. As, as much as any pastor or anybody who expounds on these things or would come up here and run on and on and on about it, we're always going to come short. This gift is so amazing. It's so huge. It's so incredible and awesome that it is an inexpressible gift. 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So if, if you're a part of the church, if, you're, if you've been brought into the church, if your life is now held in the righteous right hand of God, then you've been given spiritual gifts, and those gifts don't belong to you. They belong to the church. They belong to the body, and, and, and the Spirit of God is, is, is gifting us, and sometimes short-term gifts and sometimes long-term gifts, but the gifts ultimately belong to the Spirit. It's the Spirit who, who, who gives these gifts to the believer, and then the believer's responsibility is to exercise those gifts within the body of the church because they don't belong to you. And if those, if those aren't being expressed, if they're not being used within the church body, then the church body actually isn't moving in the way that God has designed it to move because it's a body, right? It, it has many parts, varied parts. It has feet, it has hands, it has eyes, it has a brain, it has, uh, you know, all kinds of different parts. And for it to move healthily through the world, all of those parts need to be in, intact. Otherwise, it's kind of moving with a gimp through the world. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. See, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's given this, this inexpressible gift to us, this gift that we celebrate at this time. We, we celebrate the entrance into the world where God broke into the world in human form so that he could pay the penalty for sin, so that he could again extend grace. Because you see, the, the reality, sometimes we, uh, people say this, they, we, we, we think this, we think like, well, and it's a legitimate question, it really is. I've had it, and the, and the whole world has it. How could a good God send people to hell? Well, let me just say that God isn't sending people to hell. Hell is our default destination when we hit the ground here. It's where we're headed. It's where the sinful nature that is inside us, it's where we're going. And what God is doing is he's made a way and he's rescuing out of that. He's pulling people out of that. He's rescuing those who would receive salvation through his cross out of that scenario. And then he changes forever our destination. Our destination is no longer that. Regardless of who we've been or what we've done, our destination is now is eternity with him in heaven. Romans 5, 15 says this, but the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. 
For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. It's a contrast between Adam and Jesus. Romans talks about Jesus being the, the, the second Adam. That, that, that really, if you think about it, it's kind of like this. It's, it, you know, we talk a lot about being created in the image of God, and, and that, that's true. That humans are created in the image of God, but we are also, because of the fall, we're created much more in the image of Adam. See, it's this problem that's happened through first Adam. It's this, this sin issue that's entered into the world, and that each and every one of us are born with the propensity towards wrong. See, if you've got kids or you've raised kids, you get this, right? Because nobody ever said this. Little Johnny or little Janie is so perfect and amazing. He or she has never lied or stolen anything or been selfish with their toys or tried to manipulate a situation. We better teach them how to do those things so that they can get by in the world. Nobody ever said that. You see, parenting is, 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 about, is about redirection. It's about that all of our children naturally lie, steal, hit, are selfish, all of those kinds of things. We, we, we come across that naturally, and parenting is about helping them to have different behavior than those things. Why? It's because it's part of us. It's, the problem is inside of us. And we talked, I talked about this a little bit last night, but, but Isaiah 9 begins with this idea that there were a people who dwelled in great darkness. But now that the light has come and it's shown and it's rose, and we talked about the dawn. You see, the earth has no light of its own. We have no light of our own. We need a source outside of ourselves. For, for, the, for light to dawn on the earth, it needs the sun. When the sun rises... Light comes on the earth. When, the, when the, the sun rises in our life, then that light comes into us. It changes us. And it changes us not externally, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. It's, it's dynamically different than the way that we're always trying to do it. You see, we're trying to heap up good works and try to be good people and try to do all these different good things. But that is not what God is calling you to do. And even if you're a Christian and if you trusted Jesus, I just want to tell you this. Jesus is not calling you to go out and try to do as many good works as you can today. What he's calling you to do is be deeply connected with him, to be rooted into him, right? It says that he is the vine and that we're the branches. And if we abide in him and him in us, then we will bear much fruit. So the idea of bearing fruit or, or going out and doing good things is really completely based not in our abilities, not in what we do, but in our connection to God. And when we're connected to Him and we're, 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 we're part of um, a, a vibrant relationship with Jesus, fruit just shows up. It just comes. It just comes into your life. You can't help but bear fruit at that point in time. And so this, this is just this amazing thing that, that because we were born into sin and, and we were copy, a copy of a copy of a copy of the image of Adam and his sinfulness, well, much greater then is the grace that abounds to us through the free gift. That, even, that, that the gift is greater than all of our sin issue that we've got stacked up. You, you, you can't stack more of, it, of that of your sin up than God has grace to cover it and then empower you and empower myself to live a different life. Romans eleven twenty nine 29, for the gifts 
and the calling of God are irrevocable. It's without condition. It's without, it's without any strings attached. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you and I. And to have a love relationship requires two to agree. On his end, he said yes. He's put a gift for you and I and everyone, everywhere, under the tree. And if you've got a gift that's under the tree, you should go open it. You should go see what it's about. You should check it out. And if you've never done that, if you're here today, and, and, and maybe you're just kind of, you know, trying to understand this. I never understood this stuff for so long. I know that growing up, I'd heard so many times that Jesus died for your sins. I was like, okay, well, cool. I don't know. I didn't really ask him to. I don't really know what that means. I don't get that. And I think that the Bible says this or that, or I heard this or that, or it contradicts itself or whatever. But I can promise you that when I really got into it, I found out it said some things and it was just so different than anything that I ever thought it was the grace and the, the expression of, of goodness of this God and just the reality of this, this God who entered into our mess and, gave, and, and, and solved our problem, lived the perfect life and then substituted that life for your life and, and mine and died upon the cross so that he could put sin to death so that he could wrap a package up for you. And, and if you'll just open it up, it can be yours. And as a matter of fact, it's the only way it can be yours. You can't buy it. You can't be smart enough to have it. You, 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 can't, you don't get this intellectually. Um, you can't be good enough to have it. But you can have it if you just take it. It's just simply a gift received. And then we, we start to recognize this, and maybe, you know, I know, you know many of you are believers in here. Is it gift or is it gain? Is it gift or is it gain? Would we start to recognize that everything in our lives is a gift? If you're really smart out there today, God give you that smarts. If you're really athletic, God gave you the athletic ability. If you're, if you're really um, good at this, whatever it is, whatever your gifts are, God has given those things to you. And if you're out there today and you don't believe that you have gifts or that you have good things, I'm going to tell you that you're believing a lie right now because God has gifted you in unique ways. He's knit you together, it says in your mother's womb, that you are unique and that you're special and that he's not forgotten about you and that there's a gift. Sometimes we feel like, man, if I open that gift, I'm afraid it's going to be coal, you know, <laughs> but it's not. It's a good gift. Why? Because he's a good father. And every good and perfect gift proceeds from him in whom there is no variation nor shifting shadow. You can trust this deal. It's the best gift you'll ever open. As exciting as any gift you've ever thought about, I promise you this is the gift that truly, sounds like a C, uh, what is that, shopping channel, C. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I won't tell you that right? All right. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. We thank you for, for your, your gift to us. We thank you that, that because you gave and you gave so, uh, so lavishly on us that we get to just receive out of this, Lord, that we, we receive that which we don't deserve. We get your grace even though we don't deserve it and that we can live with you eternally because 
You've done it, not because we're good, but because you're good. And because every good and perfect gift proceeds from you. So, Lord, we just uh, we thank you. If we've received that gift, Lord, we just pray that we would live that way. We would live like it's a gift. And because it's a gift and because you've been so generous with us that it's obvious that we should give everything back to you and that we should also live generously and that we should affect change in the world around us. We should, we should root into you so hard and so tight and abide in you and the things of you that, Lord, just out of our lives are, are, are coming opportunities that we're seeing people change. We're seeing lives change. We're seeing the world changed around us, not because we're doing it, but just because we tuned in to the right station. Um, Lord, we just uh, pray, pray too for, for anybody who's, who's contemplating that gift and what that could mean for them. Lord, I pray that you would just show them the, the reality of, of what forgiveness looks like and our deep, our deep need for forgiveness as well. So Lord, we thank you on this day that we receive gifts, but we do that symbolically because of the great gift that you gave us. We give praise and honor and glory to you here this morning. We wish you a happy birthday, Jesus, even though it's probably not really your birthday. But we, we celebrate this day and we set it aside to do that, to honor you. Lord, help us to not be caught up in all the things, all of the distractions. Help us to continue to be mindful of what it truly is today. And we give praise in Jesus' name. Amen.